sanctuary and just be here with God and God be here with us and move and just bless. And so let's stand tonight and go to the Lord as prayer. And we're going to pray for Sister Rose that really, really is fighting some serious physical problems. And let's believe that God is going to touch her body right now. Amen. Can we believe that together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you're a God that has not ever lost its power. And Lord God, we're believing right now, God, that you're going to move and touch and you're going to fall upon Sister Rose and heal her body, remove that pain and correct whatever the issue is. God, we need you tonight, O oh Lord God of heaven, to move uh, and usher in thy presence and your angels to encamp about us. Lord God, we need a move from heaven tonight, O oh Lord. Encourage our soul, strengthen our spirits, O oh Lord God of heaven. Lord, we thank you and praise you. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's get some lights on. Ensemble come. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God of heaven. So good to see you this evening. I know that with all the activities that we've had, I'm sure people are weary in their body, but we'll get through it by the grace of God. We're going to make the best effort that we can to serve him and praise him. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord God today. The first thing I would like to do is have Pastor Brown come. Amen. And also, I would like to have Jaden get ready to come. He's going to present this baptismal certificate. Amen. Because he was baptized just recently. Wow. Amen. Amen. We're going to get some pictures here. Amen. Praise the Lord God of heaven. Praise the Lord. And he's got a beautiful haircut to boot. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. So good to see you tonight. Amen. Let's worship the Lord in song tonight. (laughs) 
Jesus today. Brother Phillips, let's go to that song and put up the chorus, and we're going we're gonna to do a little something to kind of, you know, just kind of loosen things up in our spirit today. Let's go back to where it says, you make me do all these things, and or you know what I'm saying? What was those chorus? You, yeah, yeah, you make me love. And everybody close your eyes for a moment. Every one of us, including me. Don't move around. Don't want anybody falling. It says there, you make me see. So when I ask you to open your eyes, I want you to understand who is allowing you and making you to see. Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Open your eyes. It's God that Amen. made you see. Amen. 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 Now, for those that are able, some of you may not be physically able, Maybe you can at least lift a leg. Let's go ahead and jump some, you know. Now, who's making me jump? Who's giving me that ability? Come on, somebody. Who, who put the muscles in my body? Who put the bones together? Who gave me the strength to do that? Yes, Jesus. CJ really jumped, almost hit the ceiling over there. And so it seems like the younger we are, the more higher we can jump. But. No matter how old we are, thank God that we can see. Amen. Now, 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 you make me scream. Are we ready for this one? Yeah. All right, thank you, Uncle Bob. That's the way to do it. Come on. Can you scream? Yeah. yeah. There you go. He's, I was wondering if, you know, he's as old as I am, and I was just wondering where he was going to be at and everything. So let's try that again. You make me scream. Some of you are not getting into this very well. Some of you are not getting. We're going to do it one more time because it's God that gives us the ability yes. to scream, yes. to shout. Yes. yes, he does. So let's try it again. One, two, three. Yes. Amen. Now, you've heard me say this, many of you, that the only thing that can disturb the atmosphere is the human voice in a shout. No other sound, no matter how loud, will do anything to it. But the human voice, this is scientifically proven, the human voice and shouting mm -hmm. would disturb the atmosphere. And who is the God of this atmosphere? The devil. So we can mess him up, cause him some communication problem. When we shout unto the Lord for the victory. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Now, what's the next screen that we got up there? What's the next verse? It's, oh, yeah. No, there's another one. You make me laugh. You make that. <laughs> Who gave you the ability to laugh? Jesus. Isn't it amazing? Come on, just think about this for a moment. It's amazing that you and I can see, we can jump, we can scream, and we can laugh. So can you laugh for me, please? Uh-huh, you're having a problem because you need the joy of the Lord. You need, we're not laughing like Sarah laughed in disbelief. We're laughing because God's made us laugh. Hallelujah, the glory of the Lord is my... <laughs> you can laugh. You, see, some of you are smiling for the first time today. Some of you, there you go. Come on, let it out. Let it out. Yes. If you were getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, you'd be laughing yes. uncontrollably yes. because God, come on, some of you are smiling yes. for the first time today. Yes. Not just a smile to say, okay, I'm smiling, but you genuinely smile. So we could put that in there. God made me smile. Amen. Yes. 
I know it's not in there, but it's okay. It's not the word of the Lord. Now, everybody hold your breath. No, I said hold your breath. I didn't say talk. Everybody hold your breath. One, two, three. Breathe. And who made you breathe? Jesus. You know, I don't want you to try this at home, especially you children. But it's almost impossible. I would go say impossible for a human being in their right mind. And God gives us the right mind. When you try to hold your breath for a length of time, it won't be long till all of a sudden you're going to have to breathe. It's an automatic thing. I said it's an auto. Breathing is an automatic thing. And God made me breathe. Yes, amen. Yes, he did. If we could put all that together, then how come he can't make us worship and praise? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. He gave me the ability to clap my hands. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to the Lord God of heaven. I'm telling you, God has done everything for you and I. And all he asks from us is to love him, worship him, and be obedient unto him. Amen. Amen. Now, you feel a little better now? Yeah, some of you are smiling. You came in here, you were tired. Who wasn't? You know, one thing about God, he never gets tired. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He's never weary. Amen. He's always ready. Can we sing another song? Now, remember what we just said so we can... Breathe and let it out. Oh, that was a scream. That was a shout. This is a jump.
purpose. Now I have a destiny. You made me for your glory. You made me for your glory. singing another song. Can you put it back up there? Brother Phillips, please. We're going right on that. He made us unique. Amen. Nobody else is like you. And, and what did he do? He made, go back to the first, he made me unique. No one else can love you. I was made what? Unique in your heart. I was made to bring you joy. Amen. You understand that's why the Lord made us? Mm-hmm. So that we could bring him joy. Amen. And you bring him joy, I promise you, you're going to get joy. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Can we go to the next one now? Now I have a purpose uh-huh. and I have a destiny. Let's keep going. I'm going to come back to that one. You made me for your glory. Right. Amen. I was made for love. And there was another one that says, I was made to bring you joy. And if we do that, we understand our purpose. Right. Think about what I'm saying. Our purpose in breathing, jumping, screaming, clapping, seeing, walking, mm-hmm. everything we do. God made us unique for his glory Amen. to bring him joy. Amen. Can you put your hands together? Let's give him some joy tonight. Man, that's a different way of looking at worship, isn't it? When I worship, when I praise, when I clap, when I jump, when I scream, I'm bringing God joy. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You're going to hear that again. All right. When we start the services and, you know, you need a little 
Mm. I'm going to say, hey, you need to give God some joy now. Now Amen. you're going to know what I'm talking about. Amen. You need to give him some joy. That's what yes. you were made for. Amen. 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 Some of you are looking at me. He wants some joy. God likes to be happy too. Yes. Oh, yes, he does. He wants Amen. to be pleased with Amen. us. And so let's bring him some joy tonight. You may return to your seats this evening. So good to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. We're going to have Brother Hillman come. He's got his index cards ready to go. And he's going to come and, and he's going to make these announcements. Before he does, I am going to preface them that it is important when you hear about the pumpkin patch that he's going to announce Saturday the 15th. It's important that we come, please. It's important that every able, willing body made by God be here to unload that truck Saturday the 15th at 8.30. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Of course, the pastor already mentioned October 15th about the unloading of the pumpkins at 8.30 a.m. So all those that can make it, amen, to help out with that, please show up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then on Monday the 17th, that's when it begins. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then on October 30th, we have an, a potluck fellowship. Uh, you can use that time of eating to invite family or some friends out. Like I said, if nothing else is people do not come to the house of the Lord for worship, they will come to the house of God to eat. And the main idea is to get them in the presence of the Lord and see how the saints live. Because some people think that we unreachable. You know, but by the mouth, they can see that we laugh and we can have fun. They say, oh, man, it's all right. I might go to that church this coming Sunday or whatever. You know, let them see a different side of you. Because the only thing they think we're about is Acts 2.38. That's the only thing they, oh, he's going to preach me about Acts 2. But we, we the whole Bible. <laughs> Amen. We live, we show love and everything. We do what the Bible wants us to do. And so we need to be to reach those, even if it's a meal. Hey, that's a tool we can use to reach someone, to let someone know about there's a church here that loves them and care for them. So, amen. So invite somebody out. So um, make enough to feed everybody. Amen. You invite a friend, a friend out, you know, mail them, hey, come on, man, come eat. Then don't worry about cooking that day. Come on out. Anything we can do to get the people to come to this place of worship, because it's not about us. It's about others. And our main mission, our main mission is to reach the lost. Praise God. So if you can use that too to invite someone out, by all means do so. Amen. And that is on the 30th of October, Sunday at 5 p.m. And then, of course, the Fall Fest will be on October 31st. Same thing. Invite others out because it's not just for about us, but it's about others. Can you say amen? And then the ladies' retreat starts Friday, November 11th at 3 p.m. And for those that need to know any other information pertaining to that, because I don't want to mess it up, you can get with the pastor's wife or the bishop's wife and they will tell you what all you need to know as far as the, the services and everything in the rooms and the price of the rooms. Any information that you need to know, you can get with them. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So at this time, we would like to receive 
our offering. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whatever you can give unto the Lord. I have a quick announcement, if I may. Um, we have the food pantry. We have made it more accessible. It is now in the fellowship hall. Um, there's a pantry closet. So if you um, have a burden for supplying food for any, if you just want to help make food accessible, um, it is now in the closet that's by the, the bathroom doors over here. And there is not a lock on that door. It's for you. If you need it, get some food. Um, if you want to supply, you just put the, the items in there that are shelf-stable. And you don't have to request permission to go in there. If you have a need, make sure you it's for you. So um, you don't have to justify it. You don't have to say I'm, you don't have to describe why. You can just get what you need. It's there for you. Um, and there's also um, a clothes closet. We're still trying to get that more organized. But there are clothes in this other closet that's here in the hall. And because it is not set up, in a very accessible way, you will just let us know, and then we can open that up, and you can peruse it. Um, but please know that it's available, and it's for you. You don't you don't need to fill out a request form. You don't need to say, hey, can I make a special date? Just let us, or you just go in there. Get what you need. These ministries are very important. Amen. Even if you know somebody next door in your neighborhood, that may not come to church, but they are really needing food, get it for them, please. There's no sense in us filling it up and not using it. Same thing with the clothing. If you know someone that needs the clothes that are there, please, please bring it to them. Amen. The Lord said that very plainly about clothing those that are naked, visiting those that are in prison and hospitals. When we do that, we do it unto him. Amen. And so... Let's just don't let it sit there and expire, please. If you have a need, you, as my daughter said, it's open. Just go get what you need. And if you need some clothing, someone can open the door right now. It's in the storeroom, and you can go in there and look and see. Please, please take advantage of this. God has moved on other people's heart to bring these items so that you can be blessed. This is what I have read recently. I think it was Calvin Calvin. Coolidge said this, a person is not remembered nor given accolades for what they get. It is what they give. So remember that. It is more blessed to give than to receive. But at the same time, there always has to be a recipient for you to give. All right. So let's think about that, if you would. The ladies retreat. Ladies, it's for you. It is for you. That is a holiday. It's Veterans Day. Many of you may be off that day. Take advantage of this. Even if you cannot or you don't want to stay on Summer Meals grounds, go out three o'clock. Have a great time. But if you'd like to stay on the grounds, there are rooms available all in one lodge so you can have a wonderful time. Amen. And the price for that is $125. Again, you don't have to stay at the lodge overnight to enjoy that ladies' retreat. Amen. Our ensemble can be seated. We're going to ask Pastor Brown to come, and he's going to deliver the word tonight. Amen. Amen. Now, thank you, Brother Bob. Appreciate that clap. Amen. I'm ready for the word, too. 
I feel like I need to go all over that again and get us to stand up and jump and shout and laugh and all that kind of stuff. But I think Brother Brown bringing the word is going to fire us up. The Lord bless him. Good evening. Praise the Lord, everyone. So good to be in the house of the Lord. What a, man, set of services we've had through our state conference. Amen. Really appreciated the word that Brother Hood brought. Um, as many ministers have said, it has really applied reflection and introspection to my own walk with God. This evening, I give honor to the Lord my God. I appreciate everything that he has done in my life and what he continues to do in my life. He is a God that is faithful, and he is a God that does not give up on us. I give honor to our bishop. Thank you, sir, for allowing me to preach this evening. If we feel comfortable in doing so, can we stand to our feet? We're going to be reading in the book of Amos, chapter 8, verse 11. I truly believe that this particular message is for the season and the time that we are in, in the society that we inhabit, in the society that we interact with as well. Amen. Chapter 8, verse 11 of Amos. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine, a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. That is a scary time to be in. I live in the land of plenty of bread and water, but there is an absence of the word of God and hearing of the word of God. Amen. If we feel comfortable in doing so, can we put our Bibles down and close our eyes and just focus on the Lord? I know that many of us are fatigued in our bodies, but let's just talk to the God that's consistent and never tires for us. Amen. Lord God of Jacob, I pray tonight, God, that we remember at this moment that the day of your return is closer than the day we first believed. Help us to stay strong. Help us to stand on your word. Help us to be consistent. Help us, oh God, not to blow with the winds of society, but to hold on to your word, God, for your promises are yea and amen. And God, we desire to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And God, we want to, God, see you face to face. And God, help us to hold on to you in this particular society because God we desire oh God to hear that well done thy good and faithful servant help us to reflect tonight help us to have introspection tonight just to ensure we are ready for your return in Jesus name can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight amen you may be seated Tonight, I like to preach this particular thought, a basket of summer fruits, a basket of summer fruit. Amen. I know that that sounds good, but this is not the basket that we want to be part of. We do not want to be summer fruit that is in this basket. The Washington Post this year created an article which I'm sure that they took joy in making, Elder Phillips. That Christianity, we, it's a good chance in the next couple decades that Christianity will be in minority in this country. We have seen a digression in church attendance. We've seen a digression in those that profess to have some type of faith. 
The statistics say that we've gone from 78% of the country as Christians, and I mean Christianity in general, down to 63% since 2007. A Gallup poll went out in 2020. Of course, we know we had a pandemic, but a pandemic was an opportunity of individuals to lose their consistency with living for God. 2020 was harsh for everybody, but it was a time of pruning. It was a time of sifting, and it was a time where people got the opportunity and the excuse to walk away from church and God. The Gallup poll went out. 47% of Americans said they belonged to a church in 2020. What a digression. Synagogues, mosques, or even any other types of temple were below 50%. Faith is dying. Our society has become so godless. Our society has become so postmodern where it is I could have my own reality and everybody has to accept my reality. We live in a society in the postmodern where there's no rights, there's no wrong, there's no absolutes. Your reality, your wrong could be your wrong, my wrong could be my wrong, it doesn't matter. But you've got to accept my reality. And the problem going on with our society is that the church has not risen up to the level it needs to in the day and the hour. The church has been complicit. We have churches and we are going to dive into what I believe is going on with our country and our society. We have churches that are becoming complicit to the societal movement. I've got to maintain my acceptability. I've got to maintain my popularity, and dare I say, I've got to maintain my marketability. That is a dangerous place to be in, because if we are not careful, we become complicit to the situation going on in our society. Amen. We look at Amos, who is a minor prophet, chapter 8. Not a good time for the children of Israel. Amos was written around 750 B.C. This is the time where the nation of Israel that God promised had split into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom, as we know, was Israel. The southern kingdom was Judah. The northern kingdoms had ten tribes, and the, the southern kingdom had uh, two tribes out of the twelve. And unfortunately, the kingdom of Israel had not one good king. They begin to become wicked. They belt idols, and they bent the knee to the idols of society. They bent the knee. They gave their worship. They gave their praise to the spirit of the age, all to maintain popularity and acceptability, but only if they knew in their complicit action it would cost them. Amos, this minor prophet, trying to warn the northern kingdom, you must repent of the spirit of the age. You must repent from your idol worship. Judgment is coming. As we know, 28 years later, the northern kingdom is destroyed, Evangelist Simmons. And all ten tribes are taken by Assyria. 
Everything that was God's promise, everything that was God's covenant, they forfeited because they wanted to be accepted in society. They bent the knee to Baal. They bent the knee to Asheroth. They bent the knee to the gods of the Moabites and the Hittites. They bent the knee and they married and inter- intermarried with pagans. And Amos was warning them, it is time to repent because judgment is coming. May I submit to you that this is the state of our nation. May I submit to you that this is the state of the church. Christianism as a whole. All denominations, but as our bishop has said, the state of the apostolic movement. Too many are bending the knee to popularity. Or bending the knee to acceptance. Amen. We have very powerful statements from God through Amos. Chapter 2 said, and he said unto Amos, what seest thou? And he said, a basket of summer fruits. That sounds pleasant. Then said the Lord unto me, the end has come upon my people of Israel. I will not again pass them by anymore. That should be the scariest statement from God to his people. And this basket of summer fruits was meaning in this vision that they were ripe for judgment. And I hope we're listening tonight. I hope we're not talking tonight. I hope we're focusing on the word of God because it pertains to those in the church and outside of the church. If we are not careful, we fall into the basket of ripe fruit, ready for judgments. If we don't repent, if we don't turn our lives around, if we don't seek God to the fullest of our abilities, if we take for granted that he is coming and judgment is coming, if we are not careful because we want to be accepted in this society, then we are complicit to becoming summer fruits. But I've got to be marketable. Is your business really worth your soul? Is your business really, really worth leading people to the spirit of this age? As people are bending knee to the societal changes of this age. Amen. I wholeheartedly believe, Bishop, that this is a season that we're in. That God has placed this nation, this society, this country, and if we are not careful, the church into a basket of fruit that is ripe for judgment. We know that the northern kingdom of Israel received their judgment and those tribes were lost. Their identity was lost. And the scariest thing is that it stated, God told Amos, that the sounds of the temple will be howlings on that day. There will be a howling when the rapture happens. 
and those that had not made themselves ready will be a howling in the house of God because those that did not believe, those that did not repent, those that did not turn from their wicked ways, they will be beating on church doors throughout this world, wanting God's mercy, but he has called a bride that has made herself ready. On that day of judgment, there will be a howling. We are in the season of the baskets of fruits. Amen. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. We've got plenty in this nation. Not a famine of water. Got plenty in this nation. But hearing the words of the Lord. That is the famine that we are in. And I believe that this famine is two parts. The first one is people refusing to apply the word of God in their life. You living for God, 99.9% of it is outside these doors. How you are outside of these doors is a demonstration of how we live for God. That is where our witness is. That is where our dedication is. May I say how we are in the parking lot is a demonstration of how we live for God. What we say with our friends is a demonstration of how we live for God. When we are with our family is a demonstration on how we live for God. But this is the famine that we are in where individuals just want to hear the word of God. They want to feel good, which God gives us those encouragements and builds us us. But he is a judge of the quick and the dead. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's supposed to cut us asunder, and we are supposed to change. The problem is people don't want to change. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. Very familiar scripture. This is part of the first part of the famine. For a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Give me the televangelist because it's convenient. I've got a church hop. I can't grow under this pasture. I've got to go somewhere else where I can grow. Well, you really didn't grow very well with your predecessor. So is it really... The pastor or you? Amen. A church hopper only hops when they're held accountable or it's convenience. But there shall come a time when they not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. No, that never happens. They shall heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear, and don't hold me accountable. Don't put my feet to the fire. Don't sharpen that two-edged sword to cut away the things that are ungodly and unclean. I'm telling you, a pastor's got to be an Amos warning of the society that we are living in, and that if we are not careful, we become a fruit in that basket. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. Man, there's a lot of fables going on. Tell me what I want to hear. What we do outside and in our personal lives is our walk with God. 
What we do in the house of God, we need to be focusing on God. We need to be interacting with God in the house of God. But it's once we step out these doors and how we interact with our society and how we present ourselves, we are to be the ambassadors of Christ. That is the fullness and the fruit, our actual spirit of the fruit uh, in living for God. What we watch, how we interact, what we do, what we partake in, how we talk, we're in a famine. There's a famine of the word of God in this land. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 26. Man, it really corresponds with this famine. Please, evangelist. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. And that is what is lacking in churches. The doers. We have a, an abundance of hearers. We're hearing tonight. But the doer is the application. The Word of God is supposed to honestly change us. Because if we're not careful, we lean on, as Bishop said, and as Brotherhood said and alluded to, that we lean just on that emotional, quick experience. The Word of God is supposed to change us. It's supposed to mature us. It's supposed to shaving off things that are unclean, especially in this society but if we are not careful, we have just that moment of euphoria, but we go home and nothing, nothing changes. A doer of the word is when we actually apply the word of God into our life. If there is no change, then there is a delinquency somewhere in my life and our life as a collective. If I am told to do things by the word of God, I've got to apply it to my life. Because if I am not careful, I become a fruit in the baskets. There will be many that day that say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done this and haven't I done that? And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. It is not a good place to be in to assume. Amen. Verse 26 of James. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue. Oh, yeah. But deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. I think it said in the Bible that vain babblings lead to unrighteousness and ungodliness. We must apply the word of God in our life. But that's the problem. Bishop has been preaching it these last several, several messages. And there's an effort going forward in the church, but we've got to apply. We've got to mature. We've got to grow. And I can't be complacent to it. And if I'm not careful, I can't be complicit to it. Amen. The second type that's part of this famine is what I like to dub Christianity lights. Christianity light, and I'm thinking about it as an application. You can buy the full application and pay for it, 
or you can get this the light version where you don't have all the features of it. And unfortunately, going on in denominations, and as Bishop said, we are having an apostolic light happening where we have the lights and the noise and all the modern ways to bring people to church and the feel goods, but there's not the conviction, there's not the prayer, there's not the sacrifice, there's not the submission, there's no applying the word of God in our life. It's a Christianity light that's happening. I can do all these things that I want to do and go to church and be okay, but there is a lack of repentance This is what the northern kingdom of Israel faced. They didn't want to hear the word of God. They wanted nothing to do with the word of God. And they did not apply it. Amen. But what's going on in the churches today is that it is a Christianity light where hell is not preached. Repentance is not preached. Consequences aren't preached. That we have to repent. We have to change. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 5 through 7. Very familiar scripture. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Unfortunately, throughout churches today, it's a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Yes, they preach God is love. That is true. Nothing could separate us from the love of God. But he's also the judge of the quick and the dead. He's also the one that requires repentance, that requests repentance. Amen. Churches were never, never part, were meant to be part of polit- political activism. The only activism that God wanted in my life was to activate the power of God in other people's lives and to activate the power of God in our own lives. But unfortunately, churches become so politically active that they have forgotten the principles of the things of God. They accept those other lifestyles, but God is love. But he's still the judge of the quick and the dead. We have those in those lifestyles that dismiss the writings of Paul because it contradicts and speaks against our lifestyle. Romans 1 is very specific. We have, how should I say, marches celebrating lifestyles on platforms and pulpits throughout this country. And children are brought in to celebrate the spirit of the age. There are churches today that believe in the fluidity of genders, but there is only man and woman. There is only male and female. A perceived reality is not a reality, but that's the postmodernism where everybody has to accept our reality. Amen. If we are not careful, because we want to maintain relevance, we want to maintain acceptance, we jump into the political activism. I've got to state my pronouns because it's marketable. But me doing that, I'm complicit in saying that pronouns are fluid. I'm a dude. There should be no, no doubt about that. Amen. So be careful what we jump into for marketability. Amen. 
We've got to stay strong. God is a God of the quick and the dead, but also he is the God that is quick and just to forgive. Amos chapter 12, verse 13. And this is the state of our country. And they shall wander from sea to sea, from north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro and seek the word of the God, but they shall not find it. In that day, the fair virgins and the young men faint for thirst. That's a scary place to be in. That famine, because they don't want to hear the word of God. That is what's going on in our country. That's what's going on in our churches. That's what's going on in the organizations. That's what's going on in the apostolic world. It is a basket full of summer fruit, if we are not careful, that is ready and ripe for the judgment. The word of God should be within our hearts where we have to repent daily. I mean, die daily. I think there's a scripture that talks about that. That I've got to take up my cross and to follow him. If I gain my life for acceptance, then I'm going to lose my life. But if I lose my life, I will gain my life through him. Remember, your walk for God, your walk with God is outside these doors. Your walk with God starts right in that parking lot. It needs to be here. It needs to be interacting with God. But our honest walk with God is when we're out there. If we're not careful, we're in the basket. And time is coming. We are closer than his, to his return than the day we first believed. Are we ready? Our bishop has given us an entire list, and I know some have tuned out already, but our bishop has given us an entire list these last several, several, several preaching sessions that apply specifically and on the micro level in our lives. And this is broad. I just spoke the word of God. Are we applying it? I heard it, but I'm not doing it. That cost... They, that cost the kingdom, didn't it? God is quick and adjust to forgive. God is the God of countless second chances. Many of you, God has brought you on such a journey to this place. You have had such a painful, painful life, and God has recreated it into something beautiful and to give you power in the midst of it. We cannot deny it. I don't want to come and be apostolic and have a form of godliness because I've made my attendance, but I am denying the power thereof. <laughs> Parents, be careful. That spirit wants your children. And if you're not careful, we allow them to ripen to that fruit for judgments. Oh, God, help us tonight. It was a scripture. It was a scripture tonight in the state of our society. Can we stand to our feet here tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Can we close our eyes and lift our hands? Let's put our minds on the Lord. The same God that operated these last several, several, several services. God is the one that encourages, but he's also the one that instructs and corrects and teaches. Oh God of Jacob, 
change our hearts, God. Search my heart, God, if there's anything unclean. As David said, God, create in us a clean heart and renew in us the right spirit. God, we've got to make ourselves ready, not just for ourselves, but our children and those that need you here today. But when they come to this church, God, I want them to sense your power. God, I want them to encounter your power, not just a form of godliness, uh, but God allowing, God, the power to be in this place. Uh, Let us be an activist of your power. Let us be an activist of your word, oh God. Lord, begin to move into this place, Lord. Lord, begin to change our hearts, oh God, in Jesus' name. Bishop. Very powerful word tonight. I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Pastor Brown. Tremendous word, timely word, pertinent word. Remember, we haven't announced it much, but remember, starting Wednesday, we're back on a Daniel fast. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, church-wide prayer, 7 o'clock. It's important. It's important. That's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Daniel fast. Sit down. And then church-wide prayer.